Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, Strong Mom, welcome back to another episode of the Mom is New Strong podcast. Today we are talking about accountability. So this is actually a continuation of the last podcast episode where I talked about the reasons why you're not able to stay consistent. So I wanted to now really focus on one of those reasons why you might not be able to stay consistent is you are lacking accountability. And if you're not aware, there are different ways to hold ourselves accountable. It's not only about, you know, telling somebody about a goal or, you know, hiring a coach or things like that. There are different kinds of accountability. And we're going to talk about that. Not only that is I'm going to help you to identify which kind of accountability works best for you. So I'm really excited to dive into this. I hope you guys are having a great summer. You're surviving you know, life with the kids, or if you're like me and you live in West Texas, you're surviving the West Texas heat because it's like we went from low 90s to all of a sudden 110 temperature within a week and (laughs) it's getting hot. (laughs) Let's just say that. So let's dive into today. Um, Let's first talk about why this really matters. And I really, really want to um, just re-say if you did not listen to last week's podcast episode, you're going to want to dive into that one first because that one really talks about the why. And you've heard me talk about why it's really important to know the why, why of why we're doing something, why this, why that. And the reason is because you truly cannot start the process of change without awareness. It first takes us being aware of what is going on, aware of what is holding us back in order to change that, to actually make that first step of change. So now, you know, if you listen to the last week's episode, you're now aware of why you're not able to stay consistent. And I think that regardless, if you've listened to the episode or not, um, all of you guys are probably going to realize that you have a problem with accountability, that that is something that you are lacking that you need in order to reach your goals, in order to stay consistent, right? So let's talk about accountability. And like I said, accountability can come in many different forms for different people. But my goal is by the end of this episode, you think about accountability in a positive way with many different possibilities. And not only that, is you have some tools that you can try out and that are going to be more for your personality type that are actually going to work for you. And I would love if you do, you know, if you do try what some of the things I'm going to talk about today, letting me know how it worked out for you. 
And the truth is that most of us need some kind of accountability and not just certain types of accountability, um, really that outer accountability. So when we think about outer accountability, that is like things outside of ourselves. You know, that's like other people, that's deadlines, that's meeting outer expectations where somebody is probably relying on us to meet that expectation. And that's how we best are uh, held accountable. And I want you to think about this. Um, We are, we're, we're, you know, human and we're social creatures and we need some kind of drive to keep us accountable to do the things that make us feel uncomfortable. And that's just most of us, the way our brain is designed and we, um, are not designed to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And the truth is, if you're you're trying to reach a big goal, it's going to take you stepping out of your comfort zone and being uncomfortable. And on top of that, we are creatures of habit. So not only are brains wanting us to stay comfortable, do things that don't take much thought, it we are also creatures of habit in the sense that we like to do the same things the same way all the time. And you might not realize it, but a majority of how you even live your day today life is doing the same kinds of things. So when we are trying to change our lives, when we're trying to get to these goals, right, we got to step out of our comfort, not only do we have to step out of our comfort zone, but we have to start creating different habits. And that can be challenging in itself. And sometimes even in our brain, the way it works subconsciously is stepping out of our comfort zone, trying new things is actually dangerous. <laughs> and so it's going to take some time. It's going to take some patience. It's going to take some really good accountability to get us past that out of our comfort zone in order to do something long enough to start creating new habits. And this is why I preach habits so much, because we really are our habits. <laughs> that's who that's what makes us that is our identity. And you and your habits, you know, once you once you can start to shift your habits to ones that get you towards your goal, things get really easier. Because until then, you really have to make that conscious decision, right to step out of your comfort zone. But when, then once you have those habits in place, it becomes kind of like automatic, right? That, that's just how you are, uh, who, how you live your life. And that's really the point where we want to be. And so in order to get to that point, we have to find ways to hold us accountable until that those new habits are instilled. So that's why it's really important to have some type of accountability, right? Because that is the ultimate goal. It shouldn't be all about motivation and drive. And, um, you know, that's only going to get you so far. And we all know I've talked about motivation before. It's like a flaky friend. You really can't rely on motivation all the time. So we have to work towards creating those habits to creating the new identity shift of, you know, that fit mom that you want to be. So let's dive into figuring out the best ways to hold yourself accountable now that you know how important it is. And the first thing you need to understand is how you meet expectations because meeting expectations requires accountability. And there are two types of expectations. There's meeting inner expectations and outer expectations. And then you know what? There's some of us that just resist all expectations, right? Um, so we're going to talk about that too. 
inner expectations are expectations we place on ourselves, like setting a New Year's resolution. These are things we do within ourselves. These are the things that we don't rely on anybody else outside of ourselves, but ourselves to do it. So that is an inner expectation. Outer expectations are the expectations others place on us, like meeting a work deadline, or when when you tell your friend you're going to do something, right? It's those outer accountability things. Um, those Those are outer expectations that we try to meet, right? So once you understand how you meet expectations, you can work on creating the best ways to hold yourself accountable because there are different accountability tactics for inner expectations and outer expectations. So now let's talk about how you define which kind of expectations are the kind of expectations that you meet. And a lot of what I'm going to talk about today is actually coming from two books by Ruben or Gretchen Rubin. Um, her first book, Better Than Before, and then her other book, I have them both right here, The Four Tendencies. And if you have never heard of her before or these books, I really highly recommend, if you like reading books, check them out. They're really great self-development books. She also has a website. I'll put it in the show links. Um, and also she has an online Line test that you can take in order to see what is your personality type for meeting expectations. So that is what we're going to start talking about right now. I'm going to help you to identify which of those four tendencies or personality types is you and some things that you can do in order to create more uh, to create accountability that works for you. Um, and if, you know, like I said, I'm going to help you for that out. If you want to dive deeper into this, I really, really suggest going to her website. You know, you can even take the quiz. The quiz is also in the book, The Four Tendencies. Um, so yeah, so doing your own research, if this is something that really interests you, I love identifying like personality types. I'm really big into self-development. So this stuff is like totally up my alley. Uh, so maybe it might be for you as well. So now let's talk about how to help you to identify your accountability personality type. And then we will talk about accountability tactics for each one. So first thing is first, I want to ask you, I want to ask you which one of these statements resonates with you. And then I will be able to let you know which is your personality type. So A, this statement. So just think, I'm going to go over them two times. You know, I know sometimes it's harder on audio, right, to hear through. So I'm going to repeat them two times and I'm going to tell you which ones is what for what personality type. So A, I do what others expect of me and what I expect from myself. B, I do what I think is best according to my judgment. If it doesn't make sense, I won't do it. C, I do what I have to do. I don't want to let others down, but I may let myself down. And D is I do what I want in my own way. If you try to make me do something different, even if I, I can, or if you try to make me do something different, even if I try to make me do something different, I'm less likely to do it. So let's talk about this. A, which one of the or which one of these statements best resonates with you? A was I do what others expect of me and what I expect from myself. If this is the one that resonates the most for you, this means that you meet inner and outer expectations and you are the person personality type of the upholder. 
if you resonated with B, it was, I do what I think is best according to my judgment. If it doesn't make sense, I won't do it. And this is, you meet inner, uh, you meet inner expectations, but you resist outer expectations. And your personality type is the questioner. C was, I do what I have to do. I don't want to let others down, but I may let myself down. This means that you meet outer expectations, but you resist inner expectations. And your personality type is the obliger. And then last but not least is I do what I want in my own way. If you try to make me do something, even if I try to make myself do something, I'm less likely to do it. And this is the personality type that resists both inner and outer expectations and you are called the rebel so now that you know your personality type I want to reassure you if you were the obliger if you're the person that struggles to meet inner expectations expectations you put on yourself but you meet outer expectations 41% of people are obligers these are called people pleasers these are people that if you tell them, if if they tell somebody they're going to do something, they're going to do it. But if they tell themselves they're going to do it, they usually won't follow through. And a lot of us are like this. And then we beat ourselves up about being like this. But I want you, like I said in the beginning, no matter what your personality type of meeting expectations, by the end of the episode, I want you to be proud of that and know that there are Advantages is a disadvantage to each of them and that as long as you know how to work with your personality type to actually create that right accountability, you're going to thrive, right? Even if you're somebody that can't make yourself do it, there are ways and tactics and, and hacks and tricks where you can use outer accountability to your advantage, right? And then let's see, the upholder was the one that meets inner and outer expectations. That's only 19% of people. That upholder, that's what most people wish they were. These are the kind of people that when they say they're going to do something, they do it. Either it's to themselves or to other people, and it seems tempting. But like I said, each of these are going to have their downfall, and we're going to talk about that. Um, so let's talk about each. Oh, and just letting so you know, the questioner, that's actually my personality type, resists outer expectations but meets inner expectations. And um, that's only 24% of the population. And the rebel who struggles to meet inner and outer expectations that, that resist both are only 17% of the population. So like I said, most of you are going to fall in the obliger, the kind of people pleaser people. Um, so let's talk about each one. Um, let's talk about upholders first. So upholders meet inner and outer expectations. They want to know what's expected of them and to meet these ex those expectations. They avoid making mistakes or letting people down, including themselves. Others can rely on upholders and upholders can rely on themselves. And they're self-directed and have little trouble meeting commitments, keeping resolutions or heading deadlines, and they often finish early, right? These are those type A people for sure. Upholders may struggle in situations where expectations aren't clear and they may, 
may feel compelled to meet expectations, even ones that seem pointless, like almost to a fault, right? And upholders embrace habits and form them fairly easily because they find habits gratifying. So their downfall is others might find them too rigid and their need to follow things to a T without fall can be both tiring for themselves and others, right? So how, if you are an upholder, these are ways that you can hold yourself accountable. Scheduling, deadline, having um, those kinds of clear cut, you know, accountability works really well for upholders. Upholders are also those type of people that like to check things off. So having a chart um, where you can check things off, even downloading an app like a... um, there's apps out there that are habit tracking apps. So every day you would check mark the habit off that you've done. And that's really gratifying to upholders. They like that structure and accountability. So any way you can really make structure a part of your create a new habit, this is something that's going to do really well with these upholders. And also um, taking advantage of a fresh start. So what does that mean? That means like, um, you know, having a fresh start on a new habit, that might mean like, Uh, If you are starting a new meal plan or diet or something like cleaning out and organizing the pantry, cleaning out and organizing the fridge or um, the freezer, right? So everything is all nice and and, and fresh start for what you're going to start doing. Those kinds of things work really good for upholders. Now let's talk about questioners. Questioners, they meet inner expectations, but they resist outer expectations. They're motivated by reason, logic, and fairness. They decide for themselves whether a course of action is a good idea and they resist doing anything that seems to lack purpose. Because questioners want to make well-considered decisions and come to their own conclusions, they tend to be intellectually engaged and are often willing to do exhaustive research. And let me tell you, as somebody that is a questioner, it is very exhausting. I have to like research everything and um, this is to a fault and we're gonna talk about this in a minute. Some people may get exhausted of questioners, need for information and justification and extensive questions. Um, A good example of this is when I was pregnant, my husband hated coming with me to my appointments because I would sit there and ask the doctor tons of questions. And he's like, really? (laughs) Like you have to ask that many questions. And I read tons of books. Like that's just how I am. And then if I'm going to make a purchase, I will sit there and research things and over, I mean, to, to, like I said, to a fault, this is the downfall of the questioners. We often get analysis paralysis where they we find it difficult to make a decision and move forward because we keep wanting more and more information so we can weigh on that decision. So once questioners believe that a particular habit is worthwhile, they'll stick to it. But often if they're they're satisfied about the habits, but only if they're satisfied about the habits usefulness. And that's also something I like, if you're a questioner, you struggle with this. It's like, Everything has to have a purpose, a reason, um, some type of outcome where I'm being productive. Like it's really hard for me during the day to watch TV because I don't find that productive. (laughs) Like I always have to be doing something. Um, So this might be if this personality type is you, the best way for a questioner to hold accountability 
is to design a habit that is specific to your character. And what this means is like when you are thinking about habits, you need to have a good why or reasoning and justification into your life of why you're doing it if you're a questioner. If you don't see the reason or the benefit of why, you know, to include that in your life, you're just not going to do it. So that's why it's really important if you're in a questioner, if you're starting something new, um, to really understand the benefits through and through about it. Do your research, but give yourself a deadline on how much research you're going to do, right? Because if you're a questioner, you can sit there and just get analysis paralysis. You know, tell yourself, okay, I'm going to research this for X amount of time, um, and I'm going to find all the great bullet points of why I need to do this, why I need to do this habit. If you do not understand clearly why you are doing something, you're not going to follow through, you're not going to see purpose, you're not going to continue to do it. Also consider how and why a particular habit should be kept. So how and why, right? Once again, going back to the why, but how. You need to be specific, you need to be clear. You do well with having clear precise things. So if you're going to start a habit, if you wanted to start, for example, you say you wanted to start eating healthier, it's not enough to be like, okay, I'm gonna start eating healthier. You need to understand what that means, why you're doing it, and how you're going to do it. All those things need to be in order for you to like really follow through and see a point to why you're doing this. So you need to have structure too. just kind of kind of it's going back to the upholder, right? Like meeting inner and outer expectations. They do well with structure. So does the question questioners, but they only do good with that structure if they understand the why and how it can relate to them and why it makes sense. Okay, so it's really important for that. And also tracking data and using it to ask, uh, to assess progress and future actions is really good for a questioner. And the reason it's good is because they like data. They like information, right? So if you can um, keep track of your data, that can look like keeping a food journal, right? Um, tracking your macros is really something that the, this personality type can do really well with. Um, same with upholders. Um uh, also, you know, tracking your progress in the gym or your workouts, any kind of pra- tracking progress. Also tracking progress as far as like, you know, your body fat, your measurements, taking pictures, things like that, that you can use to ex- assess your progress and then take action accordingly is going to do really good for you as a um, a questioner. Now let's talk about obligers because most people are going to fall into this. This is somebody that struggles to meet inner expectations, but has no problem meeting outer expectations. They really go with outer expectations. This can be really frustrating because these are the people that have the best intention. I feel like these people are the people pleasers. These people are the people that have big hearts and they they are always doing and doing, doing for others, but they struggle to do for themselves. So these people excel at meeting external demands and deadlines and go to great lengths to meet their responsibilities. They make great Great workers and friends because you can always count on them to get it done. Um, obligers, they need that accountability the most out of all the tendencies because they really struggle to meet inner expectations. The downfall of the obligers are they are susceptible to burnout because they often have trouble setting limits or telling people no. So they might even tend to, there's a thing that's called an obliger uh, rebellion. So 
you know, these people, they're always saying yes to everybody, always saying yes. And to a, they'll get to a point where they burn out and then they will rebel and they be like, they'll blow up, <laughs> right? Pretty much. And this can be in little ways or something huge as even like ending a friendship because they're just tired of being that person that's always that go-to person. And they just kind of get to a, a point where they explode because they're always doing and doing, doing for others and not and, and leaving themselves aside. So... Once again, if you are an obliger, this isn't a bad thing. Like I said, you you have a huge heart. You have a big heart. You're a people person, right? And you're always there for other people. And you it you probably guilt yourself and beat yourself up because you don't understand why you can say yes and follow through to everybody else but yourself. And you see that as a fault. That is not a fault, right? It's just who you are. It's just your personality. It's not a bad thing. There's nothing right or wrong, right? Personality types, it's not a bad thing or a good thing. It just is. And so it's good to understand if this is your personality type Type to um, kind of just come to, uh, come to, I guess, settlement of like, that's just who you are and it's okay, right? And now let's talk about how we can help you to have better accountability. Like I said, this is going to be outer accountability. This is what you need. You need account outer accountability and that is okay. It doesn't mean you're a weak person. That's just your personality type. So something like hiring a coach is going to be really helpful for you. Somebody that's going to be there to hold you accountable through and through. This can look like different things. Maybe this is, you know, having a coach with one-on-one sessions. Maybe it's just simply having somebody to to text or to, you know, check in with you through text day to day, right? This could mean getting a workout partner, you know, having somebody that if you don't want to, if you don't feel like working out, you know, you're going to let that person down because they're expecting you to show up. This is why people like this, they work really well in doing group fitness, right? So whether that's like CrossFit or, you know, any type of group fitness classes, just something that has a community basis to it that you know, if you don't show up, somebody's going to notice, right? And they're probably going to text you or call you or ask you the next time you come back why you didn't show up. So that those kinds of account outer accountability work so well, and they're very much needed if you're an obliger. Also, making a new goal public or telling those around you that you love or your friends, uh, what is your goal? Just knowing that somebody else is going to be expecting Expecting you to follow through can mean so much and help you so much. Now, I want you also to think if you're listening and um, you are the other personality types that, you know, some of you would probably really benefit from some of these things as well, because we do, um, like I said, there's all kinds of different ways of accountability. And we need to really think in the back in the past of when you did follow through, when you were successful for with something, what are those ways that you held yourself accountable back then? More than likely, that's still going to hold true today. So really think about, really ponder, really be thoughtful. You know, this is a really great journaling prompt, right, to figure out and to really understand ourselves. So if we can understand ourselves, we can work better with ourselves. Um, other things obligers do well with is considering how your actions affect those you love. If you are a mom, even if you're not an obliger, this one hits home, right? Because our actions do have a ripple effect and an impact into the or 
to those around us, including our family. So if you can really get in tune to that why and how, you know, losing weight, getting fit, feeling better about yourself, how those things are going to affect the ones that you love is going to have a tremendous impact on you following through and holding yourself accountable because it really, really matters to you. Um, Another thing you can do is even think about how you need to show up now for your future self. This is really good for all personality types, even obligers especially, to think about your future self as somebody that you're living now for, somebody that you're showing up now for. How is this, how you're living your life now, how is that going to affect you and your future self? And if you love yourself, that's going to matter right? It's going to matter how we show up now for our future self because we want to show up in the best way possible in order to have for our future self to have a good life, right? Because we love ourselves. So that is something, um, those are some things that to think about for meeting expectations as an obliger. And not last but not least, a rebel. And I'm going to quickly go through this because most people aren't. This is the one that's the least you know, you're least likely to be. It's only 70% of people are rebels. And a rebel, they they resist inner and outer expectations. So they like to act out of choice of freedom. They place a high value on authenticity and self-determination. They work towards their goals in their own ways. Rebels can do anything they choose to do, but they re- may refuse what they are supposed to do. And they live up to their own identity and values. In fact, usually when you ask a rebel to do something, they will do the opposite of what you expect. <laughs> and most of us might feel like we have some children like this, right? Um, this is just their, the rebel's rebellious nature. And for the most part, they don't do well being micromanaged, supervised, or even well with routines. They prefer to be spontaneous and to always feel like they have that freedom of choice. So if you might happen to be a rebel, you really need to take advantage of appealing to your identity, freedom of choice, and authenticity. So you want to focus on things like why. Really being clear about why you're doing something and how that reflects back into your identity and really forming an identity around something. So if you are somebody that's a rebel and you want to become fit, then you really need to adapt that you hold the identity of somebody that is fit. Because if you don't, if that's not part of your identity, then you're going to rebel against it because it's not true to who you are and you're all about authenticity, right? Um, So think about even for example, if you're a rebel and when you were a child, like you were a teenager, high school, whatever, and you played sports, you want to maybe like tap into that and be like, you know what? I'm an athlete. I used to be an athlete. I still am an athlete. That's just who I am. And I need to get re in touch with that. So that's something um, that can really drive you, get you <laughs> like revved up, motivated. And then you want to think about exercise or you know, the way you every anything you do in a way that sets you apart from what you people usually do, right? Because you are the type of person that rebels against things, you rebel against the norm. So how can you make this something that sets you apart and really um, taps into that creativity and that freedom of choice where you can like own it where you can be like, yeah, that is me. This is me. I can really like this is my thing, right? And it's not what everybody else is doing. It is my thing. And really, think about how you can do that. So that is the four different personality types when it comes to meeting expectations and accountability. 
Um, if you found this really helpful, share it with a friend, take a screenshot, post it on Instagram or Facebook. You can tag me, Mama's the New Strong. I would love to hear what you liked about this. I would love to hear your thoughts too. If you, Which one are you? Are you an upholder? Are you an obliger? Are you a rebel? Or are you like me? You're a questioner. Um, and just like kind of reach out and I would love to hear about this. Also, if you are somebody that's realizing that you need accountability some way, right? Because obviously we just talked about all these different ways to hold yourself accountable, especially if you're an obliger. This matters a lot to you, right? Is that accountability? Then I really want to invite you to sign up for my wait list for my new Macros for Moms membership that is going to be opening soon. I am still working out the kinks. I'm still putting it together, but it's going to be really great. And it's going to have different forms of accountability built in because what I am realizing is the more I work with people, the more I do nutrition consults, is it's not just giving somebody their custom macros. That's great. It's necessary. It's needed. What it's about is helping people to implement that implement it and to create a lifestyle around it. And the truth of that is it takes time. And so I thought about what is the best way that I can support somebody through their macro counting journey over time that's reasonable, that gives them what they need and a membership just popped in my mind because it's a month-to-month ongoing basis, right? And so you get to join in, you stay for as long as you think you need to, and then, you know, you move on. But the thing is, you need time to implement. You need support. You need accountability. You need a proven path. And I have a very a unique way of approaching macros that is really centered around eating healthier dinners with your family and really creating a macro counting lifestyle as a mom that not only, like I said, helps you to be a role model and to eat healthier with your family, right? And to break that diet culture, but that actually gets you those next level results that you want. So if you've been plateaued, if you are struggling to take your fitness results to the next level, you know, lose that last. 10, 20 pounds, start really gaining some lean muscle, start getting some definition and really get toned, then this is usually the missing link for people, for women is that nutrition piece and you can't get around it. You can't exercise through it. And also on top of that, it needs to be something that is going to be a lifelong thing. This is something that you can see yourself doing one year, two year, three years from now. And that's how you're going to sustain your results. And you're going to have a plan and there's no more second guessing, you know, how, how do I, how am I going to eat? Is this going to work? No more trying different diets, you know, you're going to have a lifestyle and that means so much. And not only that is you're setting a great example for your kids by showing them how to have a healthier relationship with food because the way that I teach macro counting is there's no food off limits. You just learn how to eat for your body, for your goals in a way that is non-restrictive. So if that sounds something you'd be interested in, I want you to um, go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash wait list. Go on there, put your email in there. That's how I'm going to be keeping you up to date on what is going on, when it's going to be happening. And just letting you know, when I get started with this, I'm going to try to find a select few 
women to really help me get this started. And I'm going to offer it at a huge discounted monthly price that I'm going to honor and grandfather you in as, as a thank you for helping me to get this started and making it something that's going to be amazing. So like I said, make sure you get on that wait list because that's how I'm going to communicate with you and give you all the information and all the special perks that are going to happen for the people that first get started with me. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. For now, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Hey, wait, before you go, I have something awesome that I wanted to share with you. I just put together a Macro County mini course. And so if you are a mom who's ready to kickstart your Macro County lifestyle, but you're confused on where to start, then I made this just for you. I'm going to show you how to do your own custom macros using the same approach I use with my clients, plus step-by-step videos on how to track your food using MyFitnessPal, how to accurately measure out your food, how to track alcohol, how to make fun foods like eating out or eating cookies with your kids, work with your macro. And it also includes an introduction to my macros for mom method, which is a laid by laid back step by step approach to macro counting that takes out all the overwhelm. And it shows you how to make macro counting fit into your mom life. All of this plus an amazing bonus, which is access to 30 plus of my own personal macro friendly dinner recipes that are all in my fitness pal database. So what it does, this does is actually makes it really easy to keep a food diary. And it also gets you to stop cooking yourself separate dinners and to start seeing results while eating with your family. All of this greatness for just a one-time payment of $47. And you can get all the details at www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash kickstart. The link is also in the show notes. I'm really excited to offer this to you guys. So here's to helping you kickstart your macro counting lifestyle in a way that works with your mom life and not another restrictive diet that you have to work your mom life around.